Welcome to Interparty Conflict, the podcast where we answer your questions so you can have the best tabletop gaming experience possible. My name is Gabe. My name is Jeff. And we're going to answer your questions today. But first, I have a question. Jeff. Yeah. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. Uh, we're actually recording this on Labor Day. Yes. Um, uh, and uh, so I have today off. Um, cool. I'm, I'm assuming you do as well because you're not <laughs> I, at I work. do. They asked me. They asked if I wanted to come in. Which uh, number one? No, I don't. But number two, that's an indication <laughs> that we probably aren't going to get more time off after this, sure. which is, uh, which which is disappointing. But yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, which I actually I, I should probably mention. I, I don't think it's I don't think I mentioned on the show. Um, so I just had this whole last week off because right, yeah. uh, you know that we had been expecting there to be some sort of a shutdown at some point, and yeah. they finally did. They let us know basically like the day before our weekend. They let <laughs> us know, hey everybody, after today, uh, you're off for a week. So sure, yeah. There there was they said there was the possibility that, that we might get additional time off. But uh, if we were going to get a call for that, it would have happened by now. Sure, yeah. Although there, your work seems to be really uh, fond of last-minute announcements. So who yeah, knows? who knows? I guess I guess I'll go into work tomorrow unless I hear otherwise. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's it's actually been really nice. Like a lot of you know, I, I've had a few breaks over uh, the last few months, mm-hmm. and I always end up feeling like I've wasted them. But mm. I was actually pretty darn busy this time. I have, I have no regrets about how I spent the last week. I got <laughs> a lot of stuff done around the house. I got a lot of stuff done, uh, you know, podcast related stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm 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 ready to go back to work. I think. Yeah, I'll, I never want to go back. I actually <laughs> I, I I do have the next two days off as well, just because I I've been trying to use up some of my t- time off, and sure. I try to use it around already existing days off, mm-hmm. just to kind of get the most out of it. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Um, so yeah, I got the next two days off, and um, yeah, I mean, like it's not like I haven't done anything, but like there's there's always I always have like a list of things that I want to do, but then I never do. But then like you know, I still end up being busy in some cases. So sure, I don't know. It's it's hard for my brain to to kind of like convince that like it's hard for for me to convince myself that I've actually done something productive. <laughs> Sure, like, I know, you know. I know the feeling. Yeah, it's like you know, we we did some we did some recording the other day, and that's you know that's something. I did I mm-hmm. did a thing, and like I, you know, I uh, drove Skylar out to a friend's place, and so she got to go see some friends that she hadn't seen in a long time. Yeah, um, you know, and uh, I forget what did I I forget what I did on Friday. I did something on Friday. Did we? <laughs> oh yeah, we played we played Pathfinder. Right. I was like, yeah, yes. we played we yeah. played Pathfinder. So it's like so I'm I'm doing stuff, but like. I know. I I always yeah. I always kind of feel like I did nothing, and the and the days off like flew by. Like yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I I always I get into this state where I know there's stuff I should be doing. I'm not doing it. Yeah. But I'm like I I'm unable to enjoy anything I am doing because I have this like looming over me. But I'm not doing the thing. I'm I'm not doing the thing that would make me feel less <laughs> guilt. So I'm just feeling guilty and doing nothing. This is that this is that millennial depression we all seem yeah. to have because of <laughs> because of just uh, gestures at everything around him. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, but one thing that we did do over the last week, you you sort of alluded to it a, a couple minutes ago, mm-hmm. is uh, we actually we've recorded our October bonus episode. So every October we do we've we've done for the last couple of years at least we've done 
um, like a, a an actual play of a horror game. Yeah. And so I wanted to get hours ahead of time. I wanted to get it done ahead of time so that because uh, last year we, we didn't record it until kind of the last minute. And then I actually had to delay it until November. So I want to make sure that didn't happen. So it is recorded. It will yeah. be edited for a long time, not until probably <laughs> the end of October. But yeah, uh, it's it's done and it was fun and it'll mm-hmm. be there. Yeah, we had, we had a good time. Yeah. And I got to I got to see your dog again. Yeah. Yeah. She was adorable. Yeah. She was a little skittish, but uh, like, yeah, we're we're still we're still social like working into socializing her, mm-hmm. which is which is tough to do now because yeah. it's just tough to do. But we got her we got her lined up for uh, training session, weekly training sessions uh, starting uh, middle of this month. Cool. So that's exciting. Uh, one more just dog-related thing. Uh-huh. Um, one of the things that uh, we've been meaning to, Lisa and I have been meaning to do for a really long time, but we didn't have time until, you know, didn't didn't have an easy time to do it, is we went camping. We went camping yesterday. Mm-hmm. We decided to take super hands with us because Lisa's convinced that we could take super hands with us if we were like to go out of town or something. And I was like, let's try it camping like somewhere nearby so that if he's miserable, we can uh, just drive home. Yeah. Uh, long story short, he was miserable, and we drove home. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we, I wasn't. I was. I figured go one of two ways. <laughs> yeah, we we went to there's you know there's a bunch of campgrounds in within driving distance of us. We went to one about an hour away, mm. and uh, I mean it was kind of a comedy of errors the whole day. Everything would just kept going wrong. But once we finally got there and we were all set up, Superhands just could not get comfortable. He was nervous. He was unfamiliar with his surroundings. We couldn't get him to go to the bathroom all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time we would, you know, like, oh, we got a fire going and we wanted him to just relax sitting next to us or whatever. He insisted on waiting in the car because the car was the only place that was familiar to him. Right. Yeah. He was comfortable in there, but he, sorry, he was relatively comfortable. He still wasn't relaxing. Right. And then we tried, we got him into the tent. We, Managed to get him to lay down, but he just wouldn't stop shaking. We could tell he was breathing really fast. He was not comfortable. Eventually at like 11 p.m., Lisa was like, do you just want to go home? And I was like, yeah, let's let's go home. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a this. It's that like threshold that dogs can like once once they hit that threshold of like they're out of their they're out of their element. They're stressed out. They're yeah. panicking or something. It's like, yeah, there's really not much you could do. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You know, I get similar vibes from, from, uh, from pepper whenever I take her outside just at all. Like, yeah. Like even our, even like just our outside of our door. Like she's, she's just not happy about it. She wants to go inside immediately. Yeah. Um, but like maybe, maybe eventually if we, if we continue to try to take him, more places further away from home, he'll get used to it. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of feel like it's 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 <laughs> not worth the trouble to t- to keep testing it because he was not happy. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. You don't want to you don't want to form a habit of stress. You know. Yeah. So, but so, poor yeah. puppers. Poor puppers. Yeah, but I mean, I know. Otherwise, they live. With, you know, he lives a great life. You know. He, yeah. He gets. He gets. He gets to take up the whole bed. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got we got home and he went to the bathroom. He apparently peed the longest pee he has ever peed. <laughs> and then uh and then yeah, he just lay right down and went to sleep. So oh, all right. Well. Poor dog. 
poor pupper. All right. Okay. Well, you want to go ahead and uh, get into this episode? Yeah, let's go. Okay. So I want you to imagine that you are sneaking through a dungeon. Okay. And there's a whole bunch of traps. Give me a reflex save. Oh, shoot. Or a uh, dexterity save. Sorry. Yeah. I keep using that term. Uh Oh, uh, oh it's only a six on the, on the die there. Okay. Um. You died, unfortunately. No, God. <laughs> I'll say this was some sort of a simulation. So you, your VR, <laughs> you take off your VR headset. Oh, you course. see that, you know, there was the flashing screen that said, uh, "You died," and then yeah. whatever. Uh, so unfortunately, you did not win. Uh, you did not. You did not complete the dungeon, and as a result, you don't win the prize. And so, therefore, do you know where you did not get to, Jeff? Where, where, what am, I, what am I missing out on, Gabe? You are missing out on the Dragon's Horde. Today's magic item was submitted by Black Magus2651 via Discord. And the magic item is Bag of Trapsmith Caltrops mm. Combat Edition. <laughs> so uh, this is a magic item. If not attuned, it just seems to be a bag of caltrops that refills at sundown. So every hmm. day, it's just a once per, once per day use bag of caltrops. Cool. However, if a rogue is attuned to it, gains additional abilities that also recharge at sundown. The bag is filled with five pyramid-shaped stones with runes on the points. On the owner's turn, they can use an action to pull and activate one or more caltrops and toss it into a square within their movement speed. It is active once it settles. The combat caltrops contain one of the traps that I will mention in a moment. If you're being threatened and if you're playing an edition of the game where using a ranged attack in melee would provoke an attack of opportunity, then you can make a dexterity check or a slight hand check to avoid the attack of opportunity to pull and use one caltrop. Hmm. Uh, in that case, though, you can only use it to deploy the caltrop in an adjacent square. Okay. Uh, once it is active, so you grab the caltrop, you toss it up to your movement speed, once it is active, any creature that moves into the caltrop space is attacked with the owner's attack roll. If it misses, it stays still. On a successful hit, the caltrop will jump onto the target and then discharge. Hmm. Uh, each of the caltrops, when they do this trap effect, deals 1d4 forced, force damage and then has an additional effect. And so I'll mention these. And there, there's a little list here. And then Black Magus 2651 also said... DMs are free to add their own. So you can come up with your own traps to go with these. Cool. Uh, the first effect is takedown. So in addition to the D4 force damage, the target is knocked prone. Mm -hmm. Next one, flash, blinded for 1D4 rounds. Ooh. Bang, deafened for 1D4 rounds. Stunner, stunned for one round. Scorcher, 1D4 fire damage. Static, 1D4 lightning damage. Bedazzled, if it hits, if there's an invisible target, it makes them visible. It marks them with <laughs> glitter is what I'm imagining. Sure. And then foot locker, it attaches to the target's foot and their speed is halved for 1d4 rounds. Huh. Okay. If multiple caltrops are pulled, then one trap feature is picked and they all activate and take effect if one of them hits. Hmm. So that's it. That's It's a bag of caltrops that if a rogue is attuned to it, you can throw up to five of these per day. And then they land on the ground and then attack someone that comes into its space and then deals damage and does an additional effect. That's really cool. Yeah, they're just it's just like a little bag of mini traps. Yeah. I, yeah, think, I, I think it's it's a really cool idea. Yeah. Um, and I, I would be interested in seeing what DMs come up with for like other alternate traps. 
Yeah, and I like and I like that if it's not attuned, it's still a useful thing. It's it's reusable caltrops, you know. Yeah. Like that's still useful, you know. That's cool. Yeah. Um. But then yeah, tuned by a rogue, it's got all this cool extra like trap stuff. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I don't really have that much else to say. It's it's there's a lot to it, and it's all pretty cool. Yeah. That when I when I immediately imagined at the at the uh, title of the item, uh, okay. I was just thinking of the 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 force mage caltrop maneuver. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> right. That, yeah, that was a thing where I think it was Jay would drop caltrops on himself and then use like a force spell to knock them in every direction and hit everybody. Right, yeah. So it's like... Yeah, yeah. That's, a magic item that did that would be pretty cool, actually. Right, as long yeah. As, was, as long as it was limited. Something, yeah, so yeah, like just put, yeah, put that in a magic item, you know. Yeah. That, yeah, that'd be, you know... And again, I think that's like a neat way to kind of like balance those moments where like you give the player like you you give them the go ahead on something and then it ends up being super powerful. You say like, hey, can we dial that back a bit? But in fact, we'll give it we'll give it to you in the form of a magic item that's usable once per day or something like that. Oh, instead. sure. Sure. So that way they still get to do that cool thing that they thought of. Yeah. But it's not quite so, you know, like it's it's not something they're going to just use every round because they can. Sure. Oh man, what if there was like a belt of caltrops that whenever you would use that effect, it rather than just like hitting everybody, it would like every addition, every square around you would get hit by you know however much damage. I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I'm hmm. just thinking like if you're wearing like a crown of caltrops or a belt of caltrops, yeah, that did specifically that anyway. I was, I was thinking like, oh yeah, belt a cal- caltrop, so then you and then you do a force push out, and then it and then you have no belt and your pants fall down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at what cost? Right. <laughs> All right, I think that'll do it for this item. Once again, that was uh, bag of trapsmith caltrops combat edition <laughs> submitted by Black Magus twenty six fifty one by Discord. Thank you very much. Black Magus 2651. Jeff, if anybody else wanted to uh, submit magic items for the Dragon's Horde or questions for our main segment or character death stories for the funeral pyre, how would they submit those to us? They could send us an email at interpartyconflict at gmail.com or join us on our interparty discord at bit.ly slash interparty discord. All right. And then next up, we have a very, very big thing. Oh. We're going to be giving away the first of the three leather products from Mommy River Leather. Today, oh. we're giving away the red and black leather journal. Yeah, Gabe, actually, I actually had to put my hands on it uh, yes. the other day, and it's really cool. <laughs> like, yeah. it's it's like, it's really good. Like, it is. I have really like, good I, quality. I have a leather journal thing, and like, it's good, but what it is, is basically, it's just like a journal cover. Okay. And so you can take out like the... Uh, you could just, it's just like a, a, it was like a Borders Books, like, you know, journal sure, that was just kind of sure. slotted in there, just like plain white pages or whatever. But like, I mean, like downside to this one is that you can't like just change it out, you know, but yeah. it is if it fills like, up, you know, but like it's bound. So it's bound so cool. And like the paper is really nice. It's got, it's like, it's, you know, it's parchment colored. It's got like, mm-hmm. like a little bit of, I don't know, not, not quite weathering, but like the edges are kind of, it looks like pre-worn kind of. Sure. Um, but no, it's, it, it looks really great. Yeah. So, uh, whoever is about to win this is in for a treat. Yeah. So the winner of the black and red journal is the beverage tea. So congratulations. 
Uh, you will, I'll be sending that out pretty soon once I get your information. I think I'll probably also include some, uh, probably some 3D printed goodies to go along with, with all three of these things. Cause, cool. uh, I just, I like being able to, to give stuff out. So, yeah, so congratulations. And for everybody who didn't win that one, sorry, but there's still two more drawings. The next drawing is going to be for the, uh, false book. Like it's a, a, a box that looks like a book. Mm-hmm. That one we're going to be giving away on the 12th of October. So um, there's still plenty of time to enter for that one. And then the month after that in November, on November 9th, we're going to be giving away the leather book cover. As of right now, I still, I'm, I feel bad. I still don't have a picture of the leather book cover, but in a few days, I think I'm actually, we're actually going to be next weekend. We're going to be driving out to visit Alan and Delilah for a day. And I, if they have a, a if they have it or if they have a similar one, I will get a picture so there is something to represent this thing we're giving away. We've still gotten several people that are interested in it, so yeah, I guess not having a picture isn't a deal breaker. But I do want to <laughs> get a picture out there as quickly as possible. Right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, once again, congratulations, Mister Beverage. For everybody else, good luck on the next two drawings. And of course, to to reiterate, if you want to enter those last two drawings, just Write us a review on the platform of your choice, take a screen capture of it, and then email it to us at interpartyconflict at gmail.com. Uh, if you only want one of the, if you know, if you're only interested in one of the two remaining, let me know and I'll only put you on that list. But if you're interested in both, I'll put you on both lists. So yeah, that was that. Good luck, everybody else. We do have another giveaway that I want to talk about, though. This one is for a supplement from Seawood Scribe, Nathan. Uh, he was a guest on our podcast a couple months ago, I think. Um, so we're giving away Seawood Scribe's Witch Supplement, which I did find out is part of the, it is definitely in Strahd's Manual of Shadow. So if you have already won or purchased Strahd's Manual of Shadow, you already have this. But for everybody else, everybody who doesn't have that supplement, we're going to be giving away a copy of the Witch class. It's a full class, several subclasses, some new spells, lots of cool stuff in there. It's a great, it's like 38 pages, I think. It's mm. a really, really good-looking supplement from Seawood Scribe. Yeah. So, Jeff, if anybody wants to enter this new drawing, which we're going to be giving away the first one next week, if they want to enter this drawing and get a copy of Seawood Scribe's Witch class, how would they enter the drawing? They can enter the drawing by sending us an email at interpartyconflict at gmail.com with Hocus Pocus in the subject line. That's correct. And Nathan actually wanted me to let you guys know, he has another class that, again, was part of Strahd's Manual Shadow. He has mm-hmm. another class that is actually up on DMs Guild for free, and that is the Ghost class. Oh. So if you want to see like what his stuff is all about, if you want to yeah. see what it's like, you can go to DMs Guild right now. I'll put the link in the show notes, and you can just download this Ghost class for free. If you like it, you know you might want to just purchase Strahd's Manual of Shadow if you don't win it through the, the this drawing. But regardless, you can check that out, and then you can enter the drawing to win the Witch as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I I still don't know exactly how long we're going to be doing this giveaway, at least until the end of October, possibly mm. beyond. So Sure. Yeah, big thank you to Nathan. Uh, thank you to Mommy River, River Leather. I should have uh, specified that. I always stumble over that name. But uh, <laughs> we got lots of great stuff. Lots of great stuff for our <laughs> listeners. So uh, you all rock. Yeah. <laughs> Do you love Interparty Conflict? You know, the show you're listening to right now. Yeah! then check out their Patreon at patreon.com slash interpartyconflict. You can help support the show and get tons of bonus content too. Access hundreds of outtakes, 
dozens of short stories, periodic updates about the behind the scenes of the show, personalized media, a monthly Roll20 game run by Gabe himself, and more. Every month, green and red tier patrons get access to the bonus podcast, Interpatron Conflict, where Gabe and Jeff cover a wide variety of topics. Join right now and access the most recent episode, which might sound a little something like this. I have wanted to kill you for so long. I have tried to kill you so many times and it just hasn't worked. I finally have you. I want you to leave. I'm not going to try to kill you anymore because that hasn't worked out for me at all. Just leave. I want you gone. You have your freedom. Get out of here. Go. Right. (laughs) And so this song is kind of just a, a, a... I don't know, musical version of that, I guess. Sure. (laughs) So anyway, without further ado, want you gone from Portal 2. Once again, go to patreon.com slash interpartyconflict to help out the show and access all that bonus content today. And then one more quick thing, just check out the other podcasts on the Crit Nation Fellowship. Check out Crit Academy, critacademy.com. Justin, Ian, and Austin create new and reusable content for players and DMs alike. Check out Brute Force and Ignorance. They're an actual play podcast on the network. And then a couple other podcasts that are on uh, on hiatus or have ended, uh, which unfortunately we will be joining in a few months. Uh, oh, D&D man. Character Lab. Uh, Garen and Dan made characters every week and pitted them against each other. And check out uh, the Kind GM podcast, which is another advice podcast for running a game specifically. Yeah, when you put so, it in that, in that context, oof. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And here's the here's the thing, like, you can go and you can count how many more episodes of our show there is going to be. Oh, don't, don't say that. <laughs> Listeners, don't do that. Just don't, don't do that. Don't do it. So we just, anyway, just, just, just enjoy it. Just, just enjoy today's episode. It's fine. <laughs> I, sorry. I don't want to like bum anybody out, but I also <laughs> don't want people to think, oh, they were joking last episode. No. Yeah, yeah. no. So anyway, let's get to some questions. All right, our first question comes from Ukulele Pop on Reddit, and they ask, Imagine a D&D fighting game. What sort of characters would be on the roster? So I yes. imagine like a, like a Street Fighter or a um, Street Fighter, a Tekken uh, or something. Uh, Smash Brothers, a you know Marvel versus Capcom, one of those types of games. Mm. Imagine a D&D version. What sort of characters would be in there? So, I, you know, these could be, there could be like some specific named characters in there, right. maybe like... Mordenkainen or Elminster or uh-huh. somebody, you know, would be in there. Could be archetypes, maybe mm-hmm. like a fighter with a sword and shield, uh, maybe a mind flayer or something, you know, right. kind of go wild. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. Cause like, yeah, you could just have like the different classes. You could, yeah. You yep. could have specific names, which I, yeah, I feel like you can have like a mixture of all those kind of things, but yeah, like a, um, yeah. Mind flayer would be a really good one. Yeah. Um. So you know, some I I feel like I feel like you definitely want to like fit certain, uh, like iconic things. So like mind flayer, a lich of some sort. It could be a specific lich. It could be just a lich in general. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even. I, I'd want to say you'd want to put dragons in there somewhere, but like that's tough. You know. Yeah. Um, it would be tough. I know that like in the Mortal Kombat games, there's hmm. been uh, there's always like a. A boss right before the final boss that is like some sort of bigger anthropomorphic thing. So sure. Like Goro was like a big four armed 
dude, uh, Motaro in Mortal Kombat 2 was like a centaur, I think. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could put, you could find a way to have like a dragon in there or something, but yeah. as a playable character, that might be. Yeah, it might be tough. Although, be unless tough. it's like a, uh, like, I, w- I want to say, you know how like some, some fighters will have like, they'll have moves that aren't like, they'll like summon another character to do a move. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I can imagine it's to be like a, maybe a poly, like a, a, like a dragon who's like in a polymorph form that like some of their moves involve them kind of like, like partially turning back into a dragon and like doing okay, like, okay. instead of like a Hadouken, it'd be like they quickly turn into a dragon <laughs> and use their fire breath and then sure. And then sure. turn back into their humanoid form or something. Yeah. That could work. If it was like a smash brothers, that could mm. be their final smash. They just like momentarily turn into a dragon and then sure. the giant thing of fire on everybody. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, yeah, thinking about a Smash Brothers wise, wise like, yeah, the the ultimate Smash attack or whatever can, yeah, mm-hmm. it, could, it could. It's basically a cutscene for most of the characters, at least the Pretty much, more yeah. recent one. Um, um, I I think it would be cool if there was one of each class. Mm-hmm. So you know, you've got a fighter, and then you've got a barbarian. You've got, and then there could let's let's because we're imagining this. You can have anything in your imagination. Let's imagine that there are like alternate costumes and the different costumes are the different licensed care, not necessarily licensed, the different like named characters. So let's say there's a Pathfinder version where the barbarian is like a woman with a giant great sword. Right. If you, if you switch costumes to the, uh, I don't know, the third edition version, then it's Krusk, the half orc barbarian with a big great ax. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, stuff like that. So, like, I would love to see some of the named Wizards of the Coast characters in there as, mm-hmm. you know, some of the different archetypes. And just having each of the different classes, I think, would be, like, that's however many classes, like 11 different uh, different characters right there. Right, yeah. And each one could have, you know, a specific focus that I think would be really cool. Yeah, you could easily, like, throw in yeah, a bunch of Faerun characters, like Drists. It would be... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that'd be, that'd be that'd be an easy one to put throw in there. Sure, and there's there's almost too many to right. be honest. Yeah, one of his moves is he summons the his his panther or whatever. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, there's like there's a lot there's a lot you could do. And I was just thinking about how you know we've brought this up before where Elminster is immune to time. I was stop. just thinking the exact same thing. If another, if like the the lich or whatever has a time stop ability, Elminster's immune. Right, Elminster's immune to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can have like little things, little like. Little like lore things that are like you know hidden in the in the in the game mechanics or something too, where it's like, yeah. oh man, you know, like there there are some like there are, there are some like hidden counters, you know, between characters where like if you use one character against another, there's like a you know certain certain thing that they have advantage over. Sure. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or you know yeah because like you could easily just do like a generic character for each of the classes. But yeah, I, I like your idea where it's like, there's different like sort of skins for each class. And like, maybe there's like a slight mechanical difference between them. Yeah. I mean, I mean like heck nowadays fighting games, like characters are added in DLC. So it's like, you know, they could just keep adding more kind of a thing. You know, it's like you could, you, yeah. you got an endless supply basically. Cause people can just keep, you know, people can just keep making characters. Sure. Um, I really like the just the idea of putting various iconic monsters in there. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar. Are you familiar with the Darkstalkers fighting game series? No, I don't think so. I think the first one was called like the Night Warriors or something. Sure. It is, uh, you know, it, it was it was a Capcom fighting series. It was its own series that eventually got just kind of folded into the blank versus Capcom 
series. Oh, so yeah, there gotcha. aren't any more just Darkstalkers games. But it started as it was a fighting game where all of the different characters were various like monsters. Like like uh, the first game, there was like a vampire and a werewolf and a Frankenstein's monster and a I guess a cat girl is one of the characters that's been in the bunch. Of, there's like a succubus. There's a zombie, right. yeah. uh, an abominable snowman. Lots of cool stuff like that. Sure, yeah, it's like you know, like a yeah, monster mash kind of, yeah, yeah, kind of kind of fighting game. So like you know, using that as sort of a base, there is a, there is potential for a fighting game to have a whole bunch of different monster characters that are all balanced among each other. Mm-hmm. Um, having a, a beholder or something like that in this type of game, I think would just be awesome. Yeah. It'd be silly, but it'd be great. Yeah. 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 And I if like it had that. a move where it's, where the move opens up its main eye and then certain attacks don't work. Right. While yep. it's facing you or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. That'd be like, it's a way to like block, block attacks and stuff. Yeah. All right. Can't oh, that cancel could be out. Its, that could be its block. Yeah. Or like, or at least that'd be like a special way to like cancel out, uh, you know, certain moves. Combo breaker. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you're just gonna yeah floating around because you're a beholder. Yeah, that'd be great. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm imagining, I'm I'm mostly imagining this in like 2D, like oh yeah, 2D, yeah. I'm, like, I'm I'm thinking like pixel art, you know that that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, like the the arcade, the D and D arcade games. Yeah, know, very that does definitely. Come Those to mind. Side scroller or scroller beat 'em ups were very like of like were very similar to uh like fighting games. Mm-hmm. And and those ones were full of all sorts of little references to D and D at the time. You could get various artifacts, you could get the staff of the magi. And right. there was like a way that you could break it in order to like kill anything in one hit, but it would destroy the item. Mm-hmm. Uh there's de- yeah, again, there's definitely there's potential and there's precedent for just about all of this. <laughs> and I'm already thinking like, you know how I want to say it was Mortal Kombat where like some t- like like you would do a sp- certain move or something and it might like break through the stage and you end up oh, in yeah. a different part of the stage. Yeah. That but dungeon <laughs> like dungeon delving. <laughs> like, this would be so cool if you were fighting through a dungeon. <laughs> right. You were you were doing a dungeon crawl while fighting. Oh, well, here's the thing. So most of the time you're just going through like regular doors, but there are secret doors that you can only get through by smashing someone through it. <laughs> yeah. And there could be like pit traps and stuff. You knock someone into a pit trap. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, they're like a lot someone more. Someone needs to make this game. <laughs> yeah. And you can find treasure and like you might find an artifact that gives you a move, you know, a special yeah. move or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. There's a... um. Uh, it's not like an official game. There, there's a game, there's like a fan created game that I don't know how it's pronounced. It's either Mugen or Mugen. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is kind of just like a, a group project where like anyone can, it's, it's a game that anyone can make characters for if you know how to program characters for this game. And yeah. so as a result, there's like thousands of characters people have made. You can download, you can play, you can have like Michael Jackson fighting Ronald McDonald in uh, a stage from Dragon Ball Z or something, if you want to. Right. Uh, I feel I, I've always wanted to, you know, know how to make characters for, for this thing. I've never actually looked into it, of course. But how cool would that be to make an entire roster of D&D characters, D&D monsters, just stuff from D&D or other tabletop games? I think that would be mm-hmm. really cool. 
Yeah. You could even have you could have characters from like the Adventure Zone or Critical Role or whatever and put those in your fighting game. Right. Yeah, I just love that the like I guess technically the box art for it cuz like it, so like on Twitch when you're like browsing through games like mm-hmm. uh it it just kind of gives like the box art or like the, or whatever for or like just like the promotional art or something for the uh for the game. Yeah. And so the image that pops up for Mugen because there's like a big at least for a while there was a lot of like Twitch streams that were basically like it was like it was like computer versus computer Mugen where it was just random characters and then you'd yes. you'd kind of like place bets in the in yes. the chat. That is really cool. But like the the image that pops up for Mugen is it's it's two characters, it's Goku, it's Super Saiyan Goku and then yep. it's whoever t- uh, Tom Hanks's character is in um did the, the Da Vinci Code. Okay. <laughs> I forget his name, like Langdon or something like that. <laughs> something like that, yeah. Yeah. So like those are the two like cover art characters. Like those are like fantastic. So like I guess he I'm assuming that means that he's one of the playable char- like fightable characters. Yeah. So it's like it's anybody. I didn't intend for this episode to just be about video games, but now I have a bunch of relevant stuff to say. Apparently there's a Mugen character that is Light from Death Note. Mm-hmm. And the whole premise of Death Note is that the main character, Light, has this book that if he knows your name and he can picture what you look like, he can write your name down and then you'll die. And so when you play as Light, you automatically win because in the time that the match takes to start, he just looks up at the other person's name <laughs> And then writes it down and then they die. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> another example of a fighting game based on something that you would not expect there to be a fighting game based off of. Mm-hmm. There is a fighting game based on Les Miserables. The, oh, yes. Uh, Victor Hugo oh, yes. novel about, uh, you know, French people during not not the French Revolution, but during like the Summer Rebellion or whatever the the book is is based on Mm -hmm. and so they made a a fighting game based on it called arm joe yes and you can play as you know although those those uh rich lemus rob characters you can play as jean valjean you can play as uh mr and mrs uh tenardier you can play as cazette you can play as robo jean (laughs) rabbit that rides around in a giant mech and you can play as a personification of the concept of justice (laughs) <laughs> you know those characters from the musical right <laughs> so again there is precedent for this type of thing yeah yeah <laughs> it's yeah it's silliness but it's there so here's a question would there be magic items well i think if there were i would i would assume it'd be like sort of like a thing but like part of the stage Okay. Or, yeah, because there are some games where there are like items that you can get just like lying on the ground. Right. You know, you, your Smash Brothers where the items like pop up and like you yeah. can select to have no items if you're doing like a tournament thing or something. Who sure. Knows? Sure. Um, you could also maybe uh, make it so that each character has like a a super move that temporarily gives them a magic item specific to that character. Sure. So like I don't know, uh, the fighter gets like a flaming sword, or the rogue gets a ring of invisibility, or something like that. Yeah, that would work. I mean, there, there, there's so many options. Well, you know, like the different skins. Each skin could have its own unique magic. That would item be or really cool. I don't know. I guess that that, that sounds like a fun game. Yeah, I <laughs> would play it. So people play out there, I'd make this game. game. I will buy it. <laughs> All right. Our next question comes from Deborah Sor on Discord, and they ask, "Can you use a wish spell to respec your character, such as changing your class or race?" Yeah. Um. 
I mean, as far as I know, yes. Hmm. I, I would say that's within the realm of a wish spell. Mm-hmm. I, I would say probably. Um, it yeah. would probably be one of like the more powerful versions of the spell because there's there's a, a number of um, options that are like well within the spell's power and don't come with any sort of drawbacks. But then it says you can do more powerful things. But if you do, there's you know there's stress that comes with it and so on. Um, if someone in, if someone in my group wanted to do it, I would say absolutely. Mainly because I I wouldn't really make them even do that if they just wanted to respect their character i would let them do it but if they want it to be like from a story standpoint if they want it to be the in universe their character was changed from one class to another class or one race mm. to another class or another race or whatever yeah um i i would i would let them do it i think that's uh within the power of the spell maybe have some story ramifications for it but sure yeah, yeah. um yeah with anything like this i feel like like yeah, I would always want to like let let the players have the freedom to do what they want. If but like but to a certain point, you don't want them to abuse it. Like you know, as tempting like as much as like I try not to do it myself. Like it's always tempting to just like change your character every time, every session. Sure, <laughs> just be like oh, like or like anytime a new book comes out, that kind of a thing. Yeah, it's real. You know, it's like oh, it's like you want to you you find a new cool idea, but you've already set your character in stone, and it's like, well, that oh man, I, if I had taken this feat instead, oh, it would have been yeah. so much cooler. You know, like little things like that. Like you know, for the most part, yeah, it's 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 fine. I don't think it's gonna break the game. Like if unless unless that particular thing you think is just unbalanced or something or whatever. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, as far as using a wish to respect a character, I think that's a great use of, of a wish spell. Um, sure. And, you know, the if you wanted, like, a story reason or something, like, you could have... The thing that came to mind immediately was um, when Voldemort makes a uh, horcrux, he, like, it tears a piece of his soul apart or something like that. So, like, there yeah. could be some sort of, like, cost to doing it so that maybe you can't... You can only do it once. Or if you do it okay. more than once... Like, you know, every time you do it, there's some sort of penalty that kind of stacks up. Sure, um, sure. So, like, yes, you could, you know, like, you know, there, if one of your, one of the people in the party can cast Wish once a day or something. Yeah. And you want to just keep, like, changing every, all the other characters around. Like, yeah, you could, but there's going to be some cost to it. Sure. Like, so, you know, something, something about your soul might be falling apart or maybe something about just the universe or like the, the world in general is starting, starting to change. Yeah. So I, um, I've gone on record as saying like, generally speaking, I don't think, uh, wish needs like drawback. Like I think the drawbacks that are already in the spell are fine and DMs don't need to like twist every wish that they need to, that they, they right. want you, to. Yeah. You don't um, have to monkey paw everything. Right. But Let's say there was some sort of, you know, like you were saying, there is some sort of a drawback. What are some ideas of what such a drawback would be? One idea I had was just now, um, what if you're actually kind of rewriting history? Mm-hmm. And so let's say you're changing from one class to another class. You're kind of going back and changing the event that made you decide to become a fighter as opposed to being a rogue or something. Mm-hmm. Or you change something about how you were born or your upbringing or whatever that, that caused you to have the, uh, have the inclinations or the, the natural talent or explore the natural talent that then led you to taking one of those classes. Like whatever event caused your sorcerer spells, your sorcerer magic to manifest, you just prevented it from happening. Right. So like then that could have 
some ripple effects that might not be immediately apparent. You just cast the spell and now you know, oh, okay, I'm not a sorcerer anymore. I'm a, a druid or something. Then as you go through adventures, then you start to notice, hey, wait a minute. This thing is different and that thing is different and so on. Yeah. And then like I was going to bring up um, as far as like respecking and stuff. I know that's a like yeah. in. I don't I don't I don't know if that's like how much of a thing that is in like D&D or at least the at least in the last few editions. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in Pathfinder second edition, there's like if you have like a week of downtime or something, you can like you can change out a feat for another feat that you would have been able to choose in that in that slot at that level or whatever. Sure. Um, but I mean, like, obviously this is, this is like changing like race and oh, yeah, like completely changing your character basically. Yeah. Um, you know, basically re-rolling a new character, but in the form of like within the story. Yeah. Um, so yeah, other, like, yeah, other ways to like affect the game. Uh, I don't know. Like, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. The, like the only thing I can think of is like either have it be like it, you know, it rips your soul in half or something and like you can't do it more than once okay um or if you want them to be able to like let them do it over and over again have it be like you can't be that combination again um okay um so like be like okay you guys can do this but so the human rogue is now an elf ranger he can that that player can no longer in this campaign play a human rogue yeah. You know, like if like once they changed out of it, it's like you can't go back to it or something like that. Sure. And like it's like that 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 version of your character like doesn't exist in the multiverse anymore or something like that. Yeah, that's interesting. You've just like plucked that out of the timeline. Something yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um yeah, that's really ooh, cool. oh, 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 we just watched uh <laughs> one of Skylar's favorite um uh Star Trek Voyager episodes it's actually a two, okay it's a two-part it's a two-parter it's called the we, uh, the year of hell yes and it's basically of of voyagers going through this area of space there's there's basically like um there's like a, a few civilizations in this area but like there's one that's like at war with another mm-hmm. and uh it it turns out that like one of those civilizations like was there's like a ship that can like erase things out of time yeah and so like like it's going around like because they like lost some war like a long time ago and, or like years ago and like it caused a lot of uh, devastation in their civilization mm-hmm. and so now they're going around and like erasing things from time to try and like change the timeline so that they're the dominant uh you know uh they're the dominant civilization in the area yeah, yeah. and like so yeah it's just basically like erasing things out of time uh and like like just completely changing the layout of of the area so um, this got me thinking um would there be a way to weaponize this yeah I don't, ooh like let's say that let's say the party does go into an area where this these beings are at war and one of the players gets hit with some sort of like a magical arrow or something and it turns them into a different class or a different race or whatever Mm-hmm. And they eventually find out that they are, they have found a way to weaponize wish spells. They bind this specific wish to each of these arrows. And then anything they hit gets removed from the timeline or altered. The timeline gets altered in some way. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> the, <I was> all <laughs> weaponizing wish spells. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, okay, there are much, much more ways to weaponize wish spells than just that, and probably in much more effective ways. But if you, because here's the thing, again, I said earlier, like, I don't necessarily think I would require a player to use a wish spell. If they wanted to respect their character, even change their character's race, I would probably allow it, uh, you know, maybe work with them or, or whatever to, to make it fit. But if I found out that one of them wanted to do this, this could be a way to make it happen. They get hit by this arrow and suddenly they're a completely different character. And mm-hmm. then maybe at the end of the adventure, they find out they could change back. So they have, to, they have to decide whether they want to change back or they have to destroy the thing that would let them change back. And now they can't do it anymore. Yeah. I, or I guess, yeah, it kind of be like, like the sort of the party getting together at the beginning of the campaign. Like everybody gathers in the, in the, um, tavern kind of setting and then yeah. like the idea is like your character got erased from time so he didn't show up at the at the table so they found somebody else and then sure that yeah. somebody else is the character that you're now playing um but but the, the you know maybe there's some hook to it where it's like oh we got to go find we got to go find a way to get that person back or something because they're like they they realize that somehow they realize that something's missing and they're like oh shoot yeah and like they got to go and rescue that person, but then it ends up just being an NPC from then on. Sure. Or maybe they find out that their their previous character is happy in their current life and they didn't suffer any of these great losses that the party has surely suffered by this point. Sure. So they decide. I don't know. I'm writing a whole campaign here, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, there, uh, it's a wish spell. So, like, yeah. you know, I, like... <laughs> well, even though we've said, like, don't monkey paw everything, but, you know, there's still... If there's a way to make story out of it you know right yeah if make it fun and cool for everybody then yeah do it <laughs> yeah i don't know but uh but as as far as just the the question like you know i i don't see any reason against it i think it's yeah. a cool i think it's a really cool idea for our spell agreed all right i think that'll do it for our regular questions for today uh but uh we do still have our social media questions our last social media question was have you played any of the official fifth edition modules if so which is your favorite Jeff, go. Ah, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> well, uh, uh, the official fifth edition modules. The only yeah. one I know that I've played in is um, a Storm King's Thunder. Okay. I've played in a couple, just a just a couple sessions of that. But like, we own, we own the book because Skylar wants to run it at some point. She like she mm-hmm. tried run. We we ran it for a couple sessions and then you know scheduling issues. Sure. Um, but like it. Like it's, it's, it seemed really cool and it's like a, one of more, more open-ended ones, which can be a lot of, which can be fun in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you know, we had, we had talked about it with Collins um, and he said it was one of more open-ended ones. So like that, that I, I feel like that's interesting because then you can kind of like maybe just sort of pull from that campaign setting or that from that, you know, from that module, you know, you can, you can basically just kind of pull from any point of it and just kind of sure. run it like a little mini session maybe. That's cool. And I, I haven't played, I haven't like officially played in any of them. I played like a very, very small amount of Tomb of Annihilation, mm-hmm. uh, but I would like to run that at some point because I've been reading it and it's really good. Yeah. I would, I would only say that that one is my favorite because it takes place in the area in which turtles come from. And so yes. the turtle supplement came around because of that module. So, so yeah. that, that one's probably, uh. In, in a way, my favorite. <laughs> and, and also, I mentioned that it has a an NPC in it that is from a book and game that I really like. So we oh, yeah. both have have extra adventuring reasons to to like that module. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so over on Facebook, Darren W says, "Yeah, I've played in Lost Minds of Fandelver and have DM'd Adventure League modules, uh, Defiance in Flan. 
I need more D&D time. To which yeah. I responded, don't we all? Yes. <laughs> uh, Elliot M. says, starter set Lost Minds of Fandelver is all I've gotten to. It's a popular one, I think. Uh, Sean M. says, I'm about to start this module, Descent into Avernus, tonight. I've played Curse of Strahd, though. I've played Elemental Evil, but we bailed on the lackluster design. Waterdeep Dragon Heist was probably my favorite to play so far. I think it's partly from the DM rolling with our crazy players and, frankly, <laughs> some great players. <laughs> and, yeah, the the players and the DM, like, the, the specific people can definitely make or break any given module. Sure. So... Yeah. Oh, and, and that does remind me that I did play a session of Curse of Strahd. <laughs> sure, sure. But, you know, it was, you know, I, we, we, I think we ran into the fog or something and fought some zombies and that was all I remember. Yeah. I, I've heard, I watched like a YouTube video a while ago that was talking about how the first dungeon of that is an absolute meat grinder. Like it's, it's, it's way too hard for what it should be. And it was, sure. the video was kind of picking it apart and saying what could be easily changed in order to make it really good make the the, yeah. very, the first first dungeon really good yeah anyway, yeah uh pruno says curse of strahd was the best it truly provided a good size sandbox game while tying all of the locations and quests back to strahd it was also fairly easy to add or adjust quests to tie into players backgrounds the final thing i loved was because the pcs were all teleported to ravenloft they could really have any sort of pc they wanted to and had to try to work together to survive mm-hmm. and that's cool anything that gets the players together with a really good uh, really good hook or incentive or whatever is is a good start. Right, yeah. Um, Arcanist Winterbrand says, I've used bits and pieces from Ghosts of Saltmarsh in my campaign. The book's chapters make great bite-sized modules you can plug into your campaign, especially if you're in a city next to the ocean. This book also has usable rules for ship combat and ocean exploration, a must-have for a seafaring campaign. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think Ghosts of Saltmarsh either has an adventure that I really like or something that takes place in the same town as an adventure that I really like. There was an adventure in a dungeon magazine a long time ago called the styes. And in some way it, it lives on in ghosts of salt marsh. I, again, I don't know if it's that the adventure itself is in there or if they just put another adventure in that, in that town and then made that part of ghosts of salt marsh. I should probably read ghosts of salt marsh. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Uh, over on Twitter, Damien the DM says, I was part of Storm King's Thunder. Unfortunately, it did not make it very far before I misunderstood a situation and derailed the whole thing. Oh, no. That's unfortunate. Um, And then Jason S. says, Currently running Curse of Strahd as well as a homebrew for my players. About to return to Strahd now that summer is coming to an end. We enjoy it a lot. Nice. And over on Discord, Collins B. just put up a picture of the Acquisitions Incorporated uh, book. And then said, uh, I can't remember what it said, what I said on the show, but I've played Icewind Dale, Curse of Strahd, and DM'd Waterdeep Dragon Heist, Dungeons and Dragons versus Rick and Morty, Descent into Avernus. But my favorite is, of course, Acquisitions Incorporated, The Orrery of the Wanderer. And yeah, it sounded really good from what Collins was saying the other uh, couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Debrasaur says, I love the horror-based ones, for example, Out of the Abyss, Curse of Strahd, and Rime of the Frostmaiden. So I didn't even think of it like that. Like some of them are horror themed and some aren't. I should right, look yeah. into to those ones then. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Beverage T says, I DM'd The Lost Mind of Fandelver and I'm nearly complete with Curse of Strahd as a player. I've started Waterdeep 99, think Brooklyn Nine-Nine meets Supernatural, series of one-shots as a way to continually play even when the players are absent. Each player starts as a constable in the city guard in the dock ward and they can level up to higher ranks in better wards. 
the big bad evil guy for each episode comes straight from Crit Academy's memorable monsters, but I plan on weaving in significant elements of Dragon Heist. It is not really running the module as a campaign, more like plugging in significant NPCs, plot points, and locations as they come up. And that's really cool. I wouldn't even think of, like, just taking an NPC from a book like Memorable Monsters and then just kind of making an episode out of it. Sure. That's, like, a really good idea. Yeah. I also love that idea because I wrote one of the one of the NPCs in that book. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, the beverage tea, what I'm saying is you should let us know how it goes, mm-hmm. especially when you get to Tannis Caro, the collector. Ooh. Stiltskincoupo84 says, the only one I've played in is Strahd, and I didn't quite like it. I liked the Eberron game, but I'm not sure if that constitutes a fifth edition module. I'm not sure if he's referring to the one that I ran. If so, that was not a, that was, that was homebrew. That was not a module. <laughs> um, I, I have bought it, but never ran it. And same with Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. Descent into Avernus and Acquisitions Incorporated are probably the next ones I will buy. Carl of All Trades says, I've only ever played Tomb of Annihilation. It was a blast, had some great in-jokes, and was an interesting story. Unfortunately, after about 10 sessions, which in hindsight is actually pretty good, the campaign imploded due to scheduling. Oh. And that's the worst. It happens. Yeah. But it's the worst. 10 sessions is good, though. That is pretty good, yeah. Plenty of of fun had. I think my group lasted one, maybe two in Tomb of Annihilation, so doing better than us. (laughs) <laughs> um, Black Magus 2651 says Lost Minds of Fandelver, love it of course I added content to it myself it is still great though so yeah uh, thank you everybody who wrote in I think we got uh, a bunch of opinions on there mm-hmm. and yeah it's making me excited about uh, reading and playing more of those uh, modules myself yeah so that was our last social media question our next social media question is have you ever heard or told any in-universe ghost stories? Ooh. So I mentioned that uh, we went camping yesterday. My wife and I went camping with uh, the the wimpiest dog in the world. <laughs> the, the, the scaredy dog who is <laughs> yes. the size of a horse. Yeah. And um, we there was a time we went camping a few years ago and we like we went with friends and we were like, okay, everybody has to come up with a ghost story to tell around the campfire. We didn't do that this time, but we did listen to some horror podcasts since it was just the two of us and we already know each other's stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it was fun, but that got me thinking, like, have you ever, again, have you ever heard or told any in-universe ghost stories? Like ghost stories that take place in your campaign world that your characters might be scared by, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do you recall? Have you ever done that, Jeff? Hmm. I don't know. It, it it's it feels familiar, like it's something that we might have done, but I can't remember anything. No, I don't know. So I know that there was back when we were doing my um my keepers of the list campaign when I first moved back from Tennessee. The idea of the campaign was that the players have this like list of names that. In, in some way will will eventually contribute to the end of the world. And so the, each one is it's kind of a list of NPCs that the players have to research and then most likely go and fight. And one of them was a lich. And I think, because you were in that campaign for a brief period, I think you asked if I could oh, write right. a ghost story for yes. the lich. Yes. That you were then going to read in a future, future adventure, but I don't think we ever got there. Right, yeah. Yeah, there was like, a, it was like a children's like, it was like a children's like nur- n- nursery rhyme. No, it was like not quite a nursery uh, rhyme. Right. It's one of those like it's those 
like an spooky, urban legend or something. Yeah, spooky tales you tell your kids so that they behave. Yeah, whatever, whatever those are, um, that kind of a thing. But it's like, yeah, it's about this. It was about this particular, you know, thing or monster or person or whatever that was mm-hmm. that it was on the list and was like, wait a minute, that's that's a children's story. What is it doing on this list of things that will end the world? <laughs> like, sure, yeah, kind of a deal. So yeah, I, I thought that would have been really cool. I'll actually see if I can. I don't know if I still have that saved anywhere. If I do, I'll maybe put it in the show notes or something. Oh yeah, I wonder. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I, I I I doubt many people have done this. But if anybody does, I would love to hear about it. If you want to use our our social media platform as a way to tell this spooky tale, mm, I'd love to. Ooh, hear it. and maybe we'll do. We could also do it as like the funeral pyre, but for October or something like that. I don't know. Maybe. Well, that, I mean, that gave me an idea for something we might be able to do for our Halloween episode. Sure, sure. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'll see what kind of a response we get and uh, and go from there, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully people have some responses. If not, no worries. Uh, but, you know, hopefully. All right. I think that'll do it for our questions for today. But before we close out, let's relax. Let's wind down. Let's take a deep breath. let's remember those who have come before us who have given their lives that we may have a better or worse world to live in Mm -hmm. as we toss another log onto the funeral pyre today's funeral pyre comes from dustino 3377 i feel like there's something else we had something else from them within the last few months and I'm not sure what it's not this because this story did not sound familiar to me at all Mm. but anyway uh, from Dustino3377 on Reddit and they said as the cleric and the rest of the party focused on the stupid rat swarm my barbarian alchemist gnome battled the overpowered drider to his death I saw the cleric give the GM a quick condescending smirk when I said my PC was down long story short the cleric did not come to save me. I knew this was probably the last time I'd play at a convention and for the RPGA. Hmm. So, yeah, that's a sad story for the character as well as for the player. It sucks when uh, the group just doesn't uh, doesn't save you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, yeah, that sounds like the DM likes having a high body count and had one of the other players in on it. <laughs> probably, yeah. So, oh, that's yeah, that's toxic. Yeah, no, no so fun. You've got our condolences. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so let's raise a glass in memory of Dustino 3377's Barbarian Alchemist Gnome. As we say, uh, next time you'll have a better group. I guarantee it. <laughs> Clink. All right. That'll do it for today. To submit questions for us to discuss, items for the Dragon's Horde, or stories for the funeral pyre, please email us at interpartyconflict at gmail.com. For show notes, links to media mentioned on the show, and running lists of questions and magic items, go to interpartyconflict.com. Join the discussion on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Reddit. We're on our Interparty Discord. You can find us on Twitter at InPartyConflict. Check those out for our weekly social media questions. Your answers might end up on the show. Find us on the podcatcher of your choice. We're on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, YouTube, Spotify, anywhere you download podcasts. Please rate, review, subscribe, or just tell a friend. And if you do leave us a review... Take a picture, send it to us, and we've still got two more drawings that we're going to be doing next month and the month after. If you want to support the show monetarily, check out the rewards at patreon.com slash interpartyconflict. We have a few different tiers, so anything you can spare, even a dollar a month, would go towards making the show better, and you'll get bonus content for it. 
Jeff, tell us about FriendQuest. FriendQuest is a YouTube channel where you can watch us play video games. Yes, if you go there, you can watch us play some of the uh, D&D arcade games, which we were heavily drawing from earlier. Right, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Also, head over to bit.ly slash interpartyconflict to take a short survey about our show, what you like, what you don't like, etc. And just for taking it, you'll get two free printable board games, courtesy of the great people over at hollandspiel.com. And our music is made by Boxcat Games from Nameless the Hackers RPG. So, Jeff, until next time... Podcast defeated. Defeated.